and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Hello, and welcome to the Literacy Teachers Life podcast, the podcast for teachers and parents who are helping young readers and writers thrive. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus. This is episode 12, which is airing at the end of March. Hopefully where you are, the weather is getting a little bit warmer, and it is nice to have that little extra sunlight at the end of the day. So anyways, I'm back this week with more tips for working with kids at home on reading and writing. And last week, I was approached by a parent, and she shared with me how she was really surprised how much time needs to be spent on literacy at home in order to support her child. So I wanted to share a few more tips about how you can help your child at home, and it really doesn't have to take that much time. But before I get into some more tips for reading and writing, I want to talk a little bit about the leveled reading system and what this means. If you've had a parent-teacher conference recently, you may have heard the teacher talk about your child's reading level. But what exactly does this mean? So leveled reading matches kids to the right books at the right time through leveled reading. So after assessing children read, kids are matched to books that are challenging enough for them to be able to read or decode and also understand. So the goal here is for the child to make progress when when reading. And leveled books are categorized by the levels of difficulty, both in terms of the words that are being decoded and the comprehension. And this is how kids are matched to the books. So often the books are leveled from, it depends on the system, but often books are leveled with the most emergent readers reading at level A. So those early readers are reading at level A. And it becomes more sophisticated getting to level Z. So starting at the beginning of the school year, and it also continues throughout the school year, students will be asked to sit individually with the classroom teacher and read from a benchmark book. And this is a standard book for the grade level. After the child reads orally, so the child reads the book orally to the teacher, afterwards there are a few comprehension questions about the text and that allow the child to retell the story. So this way, the teacher can see how the child's reading in terms of their decoding and their fluency, and also, are they understanding what they're reading? So this is called a running record. And this assessment helps determine the book levels, the book level that is best for the child at that particular time. And this reading level will change throughout the year. So The kids will progress throughout the year, and this is a reason that this assessment happens multiple times throughout the year, so that teachers can see how the kids have progressed. So there are different programs that create and market running records. 
A few of them include the Fontes and Pinnell program, the Teachers College Reading and Writing Project. There's also Reading A to Z, and there are others as well. These programs provide the books at the various levels of text complexity for the students to read and the teachers to assess them at. And as students progress through the levels, the comprehension and the fluency increases. So knowing how a student is reading will help teachers plan instruction for the students as well as provide books that support the student with decoding, with vocabulary and fluency, and also comprehension. So let me give you an example with the more emergent levels, levels A and B. So in this type of system, books that are leveled A and B are for students who are learning to read. They are our emergent readers. So let's talk about the focus of these levels. For levels A to B, the focus is teaching kids the foundations of reading text. So the content in these books is pretty repetitive. And it supports phonological awareness or learning about the letters and sounds and how to blend words that contain a vowel and a consonant, such as the word am, and also words that are CVC words or consonant vowel consonant words like cat or run. So the text and the illustrations match so that the illustrations can confirm what the child is reading and the child can self-correct. Books progress from here and become progressively more advanced. So this is just one example of two levels, A and B, and what happens, what is in the books during those levels. And as I said, it progresses from here. So I hope this makes some sense. And if you have any questions about your child's book level, definitely ask your class, that your child's classroom teacher. So I usually try assessing my own kids a few times a year to see what they are doing, when they're reading every few months or so. And it it is interesting because I always learn something new about my kids as they're reading. So for example, a few weeks ago, I assessed my five-year-old. I actually did this for my students because they needed to see a sample of a running record. So I decided to work with her. And it was interesting. She was definitely reading more fluently. She was reading with much more expression when she read quotations from different characters. And so this was not happening earlier in the year. So it was really nice to see that progress. And it's interesting, her comprehension is starting to move from just an instant recall. And now she can, she's starting to add the inferencing when she's reading and understand that as she's reading the books. So hopefully that made some sense. And now that we've discussed the book leveling system, let's get to today's literacy list and talk about some more tips for supporting literacy at home. So the first item on my list is supporting children with decoding. So I just want to put a reminder out there that not every strategy works for every student. And this is why we teach a variety of strategies for each skill. Because some work better for some students and others work better for other kids. And it's completely okay if one strategy doesn't resonate with your child. So I'm going to share four decoding strategies that you can try out at home. The first decoding strategy is the tap it out strategy. And this seems to be pretty well known. It's used with the Foundations Phonics program that's used by many schools And with the tap it out method, the kids learn to tap out each sound in the word. They take their 
pointer finger and their thumb, and they tap them together for each sound. So let's say the word is cat. Cat has three sounds, k, a, t. So the kids would tap their pointer finger and their thumb together three times, once for each sound, k, a, t. So let's take the word bake. In the word bake, there are also three sounds, b, a, k. So you don't hear the silent e at the end. So you only tap, again, you would tap your pointer finger and your thumb together three times. So this strategy can help kids as they're reading. As they come to a word that they might not be familiar with, you can say, okay, let's look at it and tap out each sound. I'll give one more example. Let's take the word school. The word school has four sounds or four phonemes, s, k, u, l. So again, the kids would tap their pointer finger and their thumb together for those four times. So the next strategy is pretty straightforward and a good reminder for kids that this can be used with kids who are just learning to read or kids who are more fluent readers. And the strategy is to look at the word. So often when kids come to an unfamiliar word, they look everywhere else but at the word. They look at you, they look at the other side of the page, they look around the room, they look everywhere else. So instead when when they become frustrated, they have to be a little comfortable with becoming frustrated. And you want to remind them to look at the word and remember what they know about letters and sounds. So if your child gets to a word is a little frustrated, maybe the tap it out strategy is not working. Remind your child to blend the sounds that the letters make. After they give it a try, have them reread the word and check to see if it makes sense. So if your child's really struggling to read the word, you can help him decode the word. Then have the child blend the word together with you. So both of you blend the letters in the word together and then have the child repeat it on his own. So you can ask your child, does this word make sense in the story? So not only are you teaching your child to actually decode the word, you're teaching to check for comprehension as he reads, which is really helpful when learning to decode. Okay. The third strategy is segmenting the word by paying attention to the sounds in the word at the beginning of the word, then at the middle of the word, and finally at the end of the word. So this reminds kids to look at the word when reading, even if they're frustrated and are not sure of the word. So let's say you're you're reading the word swing. So have the child check the beginning of the word and read the sound sw. Then move into the middle and read the I sound, i. Then finally the ending, the ing sound. And then put it all together, swing. Again, have your child reread the word. You can have them read it, read it once or multiple times. You can even have them put their finger under the letters as they read to follow the beginning, the middle, and end. All right, so that segues into the next strategy, which might seem pretty straightforward, but it does help. And that is to have your child put their finger or a bookmark or an index card under the words as they read. And this is to slow them down and read the words carefully. So this strategy will help keep your child's eyes on the words and not lose her place as she's reading. If your child is reading too quickly and skipping over words, 
You can ask her to reread the sentence out loud and remind her to slow down and read each word. This can also help your child monitor for comprehension because it will help her pay attention to what she's reading. And remind your child, it's more fun to read when you know what's happening in the story, so it's completely fine to slow down and point to each word as she's reading. Okay, the next item on today's list is getting in writing at home. So we've talked a lot about reading, but now what about writing? So I find that kids really like writing. They like to express their thoughts and ideas in writing, and it can be done in so many different ways, and it can be so fun. So one idea I have is to write letters to friends and relatives. So everyone loves to receive mail. So you can have your child write a letter to a grandparent, an aunt, or an uncle, or a friend. You can even pick out fun paper and envelopes that your child can use to write the letter. And this can be pretty casual. You have your child write about what he or she is doing in school or activities or about friends, anything. It can be fun, something to share about what's going on in his or her life. And then make sure you have your child address the envelope and add the stamp. Don't do that for him. Have him do it because it's more fun to see the whole letter writing process. And hopefully you can get the other person on board to write back and your child can get some mail. So I always find that's fun to have. And it mixes up what we use writing for, for everyday, you know, to send a card or everyday conversation. So another idea I have is using journals at home. Some kids really love to keep journals and to write in a journal. So if you think this would work well for your child, you can have her keep her own journal at home and write in it. Or another idea with this is that you can have a journal that you and your child write back and forth into each other. So you would write a letter to your child and then your child could write back and respond to what you wrote earlier to her. I actually do this with my older daughter and I find that this helps tremendously, especially when she's having trouble with something either in school or with a friend or something she's having trouble working out. She actually has an easier time telling me through writing in this journal rather than telling me. And it's nice because that journal entry then opens the door for us to have a conversation about whatever it is that is bothering her. So just another idea. And then my last idea with writing is the roll a storyboard. So the kids that we work with in the literacy clinic love this. And this is just a fun way to get kids writing. It's a game board and you use a dice. And on the game board, it has the different elements that you would include into your story. For example, if you roll number four, it might tell you that the character is a teacher, the setting is a school, and the problem is that someone in the class cannot stop laughing. It's then whoever rolled the dice, their job to write this in either a sentence or a short story. The kids really have fun with this. They can be creative. It gives them the elements of what they have to include so they don't have to come up with that. But the stories get really funny. So what happens if your child does not want to actually do the writing but wants to play the game? So there are a few things. 
you can either have your child share verbally, share orally what uh, how the story that he would create with the elements that were provided, or your child could tell you what he would include and you could write it down for him. So again, this should be fun. We don't want the kids to be frustrated with this. This is something that you're doing at home with your child to support him with his writing. So as long as he's practicing with the elements, it doesn't matter. And again, maybe he could write a couple of the words. You write the majority of it and he just writes a few of the words. You're still practicing with the writing. So just another idea and one that kids really like. So the next item on the list is selecting books with kids. And this is pretty simple and straightforward. And the strategy here is just to go to the library with your child and look around for books. And this is an opportunity to help your child find books that he might be interested in. So you can also show your child how to look through books by reading the title, looking at the illustrations, and then reading through the first few pages to see if this is a book that would interest him. So if there's a table of contents in the book, you can go through that with your child so that he gets a sense of what is in the book and whether or not he would like to continue reading it. And the great thing about going to the library is that you can take out a bunch of books. And once you're home, your child can read the book that he's most interested in and you know go from there. And if kids don't finish the whole book, if they switch from one to another, that's completely fine. You want them to just just read the books that they're interested in and find something that they're interested in. So I'll give a little story here. So on a recent trip to the library in February, my girls found this book series called The Adventures of Bella and Harry. And this is a book series about a dog named Bella and her little brother, Harry, who travel the world. There are a bunch of books in the series that go to different cities around the world. And they explore the sites in each city. And they actually give some of the vocabulary in the language from that city or from that country, which is really nice. So my girls got so into these books that, of course, it led to another visit to the library to find more books in this series. And they even have learned how to use the online system to search for the series because they're so interested in this. And that's the goal of this. It's just to help kids find books that they enjoy and they want to go back for more, or they want to read with their siblings or with you. So they like to read together and they have a whole game around this book series, which is great. They have fun with it. So you just want to make it fun by getting the kids into the books. You can even get the kids their own library card so that they have their own library card when they take out the books, which makes it a little more fun. All right. My last suggestion here is to make it fun. So what happens if your child is going through a period where she just doesn't want to do any extra reading or writing with you at home? And we all have this happen, so don't panic. Earlier in the year, a mom approached me. She has a third grader and she was really concerned because her daughter just did not want to do any reading. She did what she had to do at school and that was about it. And mom was really concerned about what she could do with her daughter at home. So one of my students said to me, you know, tell her they should cook together. So that's one suggestion. 
pick a fun recipe and have your child help you cook because reading the recipe is reading. And an extra set of hands may actually help get dinner on the table faster. So a win-win. So that's just one idea is don't stress if they don't want to read. You can always just do something like cooking together and read the recipe. Another idea is to listen to an audiobook. And audiobooks have become so popular lately, even with adults. So if your child really doesn't want to read, maybe ask if they'd like to listen to a certain book with you. And this is nice because you can listen to the book in the car when you're driving after school, going to activities or running errands. And audiobooks do help with comprehension. So don't be concerned that they're not actually doing reading. They have to pay attention and listen. And there is a lot of comprehension work in that. So I think audiobooks are a great option and something that's easy to do together with your child. Okay, so next, before we end, I want to end on a positive note and just share something that's going well right now. And to stay with the theme with reading with kids at home, I'm going to share reading the Unicorn and Yeti book series with my younger daughter. And my older daughter actually really likes the series too. And they found this series in one of the scholastic book clubs that came home. And it's fun because it's about a Yeti and a unicorn who are friends and they have these fun adventures together and just have fun together in everyday ways. And it teaches dialogue to kids through speech bubbles, which is fun. And I think this is one way that it has helped my daughter by reading this with me at home. It's helped her hear the fluency of reading conversations And she's able to do that a little bit more in her own reading. So just something fun that's happening at home. Okay, that's it for today's episode. I hope you found a few of these strategies helpful when working with your own kids at home. And teachers, I hope these strategies are helpful suggestions for the parents of your students in your classroom. All right, I'll be back in two weeks. And until then, have a great rest of your week. that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.